Welcome to the Chill Gill Thrill. This is your host, Gillian Seed83, coming to you live from the Chromatic Ribbon. All right, first up today, fresh article from Futurism. I guess I, I guess they have an artificial intelligence that's writing the articles for Futurism because they never list an author. So I, anytime I'm reading anything from Futurism, I can only credit it to Futurism. So this is from uh, today, I think yes, it's August 4th, 2020. Uh, this just went up uh, a little afternoon. CERN says the Higgs boson did something unexpected. That was so clickbaity, and I fell for it. But it it is it is mildly interesting. Um, <clears throat> so basically, um, from what it says here, I get you know I I guess I can read it to you, but then I'll. Uh, try to break it down into something that's a little more, you know, understandable. So one of the best ways for physicists to study the Higgs boson is to observe how it dies. Typically, they see it decay into comparatively heavy particles, but muons are far lighter and interact less with the field given off by the Higgs boson. Okay, so they typically break down the Higgs boson into um, these heavy particles. And I'm assuming that's how it usually plays out. And they now, uh, allegedly for the first time, have seen them break down into a completely different kind of particle. And of, of what's important about this is this just checks off another... Uh, this just uh, checks off another box on the list of uh, the standard model. So this this discovery basically further reinforces the standard model of physics, which has long been challenged by new particle discoveries. So this is something they've predicted, and now they've seen it actually happen. Um, this uh, takes place in CERN. It's over... Um, I'm pretty sure it covers like Switzerland. It, it, it goes through like three different countries. It's a particle accelerator. Um, they use it to uh, smash atoms, basically. Smash particles? Smash atoms? Um, I'm probably fucking that up. But yeah, so basically they spin these super little small tiny pieces of matter and spin them around in a tube that's several miles long. And... Uh, smashes and then they basically get a snapshot of when it smashes and they get like a little computer readout that shows uh, it's like a a computer mo a computer generated model of what it's breaking down into so um yeah so basically uh the uh the standard model has been further reinforced so it's kind of boring um for those of you who've never heard of the Higgs boson it was long theorized and I believe first proven um, in early 2012. So that's also side note where the conspiracy theory uh, tends to come from. Uh, the, if you've heard of the Mandela effect, 
And a lot of people th uh, think that the Mandela effect started to uh, become a thing sometime in 2012. And, and when a bunch of people will get together and start, uh, you know, uh, talking about their personal experiences with memory, uh, a lot of people tend to go back to, oh, yeah, it did kind of start after 2012. So that's just that, that's just probably an example of cognitive bias and a bunch of bullshit. But the conspiracy theory goes that CERN is evil and they're uh, actually uh, uh, like Satanist or Luciferians. But uh, spoiler alert, if you go even deeper into conspiracy theories like I do, uh, the Satanism thing is just a front for Saturnism. So they actually worship uh, Saturn and apparently he was a god who ate his kids. So yeah, that's what they think that these people worship at CERN. And I mean, you know, it is kind of funny that they do have, you know, some people argue that the CERN symbol looks like 666 kind of mushed together. Some people, you know, and they know how they have the, um, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. I don't, I'm not going to take a stab at the religion, but it's the, uh, it's like a god of war, Kali. It's like one of them gods that has like six or eight arms. And uh, so that's like their mascot, I guess. There's a statue of her at CERN. And maybe there's even more than one visage of her. Anyway, you know, it's just that's what I love about conspiracy theories. It just puts a fun little spin on the real boring real life stuff. Or does it? But I'm not trying to uh, get kicked off my, you know cushy little uh, free platform for uh, hosting my podcast. So I do have to, I guess, tread a little lightly. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the conspiracy theory. That's I don't believe in that. I'm not spreading it. It's just a funny story. That's funny. So yeah, that's CERN. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got to say on that. Moving right along. So there's a theory that Elon Musk is digging a tunnel between L.A. and Vegas. Uh, this is also a futurism article. Photos have emerged online of large tents and heavy tunneling machinery belonging to Elon Musk's boring company in the California desert northeast of Los Angeles, as Tesla Roddy reports. The machinery could suggest that... Oh, by the way, Tesla Roddy, that doesn't sound like a bias towards Tesla news reporting agency whatsoever. The machinery could suggest that the Boring Company is setting up to dig a tunnel connecting Los Angeles and Las Vegas, but neither the company nor Elon Musk have made an announcement about any such plans. Um, spoiler alert, uh, look for an announcement to probably be made within the next couple of weeks because... Uh, you know, the Boring Company's already made headway in digging a tunnel connecting high-traffic locations in Las Vegas. So, it, you know, that, maybe, maybe. It'd take a long time. Um, I guess, fuck, what do I know? I'm not an engineer. But, uh, yeah, so, that doesn't really mean much to me. I have yet to uh, experience the West Coast, but I hope to. I hope to one day. Let's see, what else do we got? So now we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll veer into uh, consciousness for a little bit. I seen this article a few days ago about astral, proje astral projection. 
It's uh, from, uh, I guess, Tastemaker Collective Media, I believe. I know the author on this one, though. It's uh, by Corey Lynn. Um, published July 29th. All right, so this this is a interesting spin on the uh, whole a astral projection thing. So, so astral projection is an innate ability that everyone has and without knowing is using every day and every night. Um, this is obviously not a mainstream news article. This is, um, I'm going to assume this is a little bit of... Uh, of a spiritual spirituality twist to it. So, in the words of Osho, O S H O, and they don't tell me what that means just yet. So, anyway, those who had this is a quote, those who have missed living in the past automatically to substitute for the gap start dreaming about the future. Their future is only a projection out of the past. What Osho is saying is that projection is actually an astral projection. As we reminisce on past memories and daydream or fantasize about the future we are in fact as oh we are in fact astral projecting. Every time we imagine or visualize ourselves in a future scenario, we are indeed astral projecting with our minds, even while our eyes are open in a waking beta or gamma brainwave state. And the only time we are not astral projecting is when we are in the here and now, which is a very weird concept to me because from, from what I know this far, on my journey or what have you into exploring consciousness is you need to be able to be here and now to be able to astral project. But see, that just goes to show how, like, like I'm at the very bottom of the staircase, okay? And the staircase does not end. It never ends. But I'm definitely at the very bottom of it. So it shows how much I know. So let's see. This leads her to the rest of the Osho quote. Okay. Whatever they have missed in the past, they are hoping in the future. And between the two non-existences is the small existent moment, which is life. The ultimate goal of astral projection or astral traveling is to get to the here and now so we can be lucid and present with the moment in our waking state. We are also astral projecting in our dream state every night when we go into a deep sleep state known as delta. In a delta brainwave state, you are guided out of your body by your higher self into the higher dimensions of consciousness known as the Akashic Zone, where we review everything that occurred during the day. The Akashic Zone is where we have a stored, or where we have a stored a record of every thought, feeling, emotion, action, and experience, basically everything about ourselves and our lives. So if you ever wonder why you feel like you're being watched sometimes outside of government agencies, well, you are, by your higher self. Lucid dreaming is awakening in the dream state and therefore regaining consciousness and being able to have conscious influence over the contextual experience of the dream. 
in yoga, we practice this, what is called dream yoga, so that we can continue practicing yoga while we're sleeping. This is going a little off rails, far beyond what I'm uh, knowledgeable about in the subject. But I, I really don't want to, like, I'm going to skip ahead because there was actually some cool stuff in here. So get, get, get a load of this. Okay, so an out-of-body experience or a near-death experience is basically a separation between the physical and the astral bodies. In addition, remote viewing is the same experience where you travel to a specific location in the physical realm, you with your astral body, and are able to see everything that is occurring in real time. In 1972, the CIA and U.S. military developed Project Stargate, recruiting psychics to spy on the Soviets using remote viewing and other ESP techniques. The details that were obtained were quite specific and uncanny, although Project Stargate was ultimately defunded and shut down in 1995. Stop! Wait a minute. Was it really shut down and defunded? Because get a load of this. They just a few weeks ago, remember guys, just a few weeks ago, they just come out and the Pentagon was saying that they're ready to start uh, reporting findings to us about UFOs. I talked about this in a previous episode. Um, I actually, I think I made a, an episode just for that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that that's, uh, I, this might still be going on, people. And by the way, I heard tell that, so if the whole Roswell thing really went down, they supposedly got a piece of equipment from like outside of the ship and that Roswell crashed back in 1957 and this device, it's like a chair and when you sit into it, it enhances your conscious ability. So supposedly the government was also using this chair to uh, see alternate futures and the story goes that they couldn't see past 2012. So that. I don't know what's happened since then because, you know, 2012 is like eight years ago. So who knows, people? The rabbit hole is deep. So Native Americans and shamans call the astral world the dream world. Shamans use plant medicines such as ayahuasca, peyote, and DMT to bring about an altered state and consciousness so the individual can travel to other worlds, past, present, future, commune with God, receive psychic information, and also heal deep psychological and emotional wounds that have been with them since childhood or even past lives. So... That list was a little funky. It says ayahuasca, peyote, and DMT. I would just like to say that DMT is the active ingredient in ayahuasca, so the Native Americans and shamans would be using ayahuasca, peyote, and, you know, the frog or whatever. I just, I feel like listing ayahuasca, peyote, and DMT would be like, you know, how do you make ice water? Well, water and ice and ice. But anyway, moving right along. So, today is Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday. He celebrates his 73rd birthday with ex-wife Maria Shriver and their four kids. That is, that is you know what, that's great. That's very amicable of, of them to be able to get together. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's really good. I like it whenever I uh, hear, hear of stories where, you know, 
you have a, a family that's broken apart, but yet the parents still get along and it's amicable. That's always a good thing. That's always that's always a good thing. I'm always uh one hundred percent for that. That's that's a good thing. But anyway, I'm not even gonna read the article because this is not TMZ. I'm just using that uh, as a, a segue to uh, you know, hey, since it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday, let's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. By the way, not editing that out would be way too complicated for this guy. So um, let's see top top three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And uh, I just stumbled across this uh, article, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this without giving it a whole lot of thought. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say okay. So top three Schwarzenegger movies. Okay, let's get Terminator Two out of the way because that's that's like a shoe in. I would think that would be on most everybody's uh, at least top ten Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, but uh, it's in my top three. I think yeah. Um, and then I'd have to say probably uh, Predator, the original Predator movie. I'd have to say that one. And then, oh, you know what? It's it's going to be kind of hard. It's going to be kind of hard because I just thought of two other movies. So Last Action Hero, you know, from what I remember, that didn't go over very well in the theaters. Maybe it did. It would, uh, Last Action Hero come out in the 90s. And it was like a peak 90s action movie that was an homage to peak action 80s movies, if that makes sense. And then so, I guess True Lies could almost be considered that too. But Last Action Hero is totally different. Like, so the premise of Last Action Hero is, is, is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like really meta. It's like basically this kid loves action movies. He gets this magical movie ticket and he can go into the movie and he brings out uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is his favorite action star. But in the movie, he's not really Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a uh, Dutch or Duke or something. I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, so top three, we got, uh, I would have to say Terminator 2 beats out Predator. And so I'd have to say True Lies. Uh, Terminator 2, and Last Action Hero. True Lies, Last Action Hero, Terminator 2, uh, my favorite three Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, unless I'm missing, unless I'm, unless I'm forgetting one. But I'd have to say those, those are the, the best three in my books. Um, so, yeah, moving right along. So I just finished up listening to uh, today's episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, I believe it's like episode, uh, here I'll bring it up real quick. It's got Mike Baker on it. He's an ex-CIA agent. Um, I think a lot of people think that he is a shill. He's a kind of what I guess would be like the like a CIA spokesman in a way, you know, you know, he's, he's officially, he's ex CIA and he does a show, uh, with, uh, some declassified show on the science channel. And they were just talking about how they got approved for a second season. So, I mean that, you know, to give you an idea, like this, this guy's Hollywood, right? He's CIA, but he's Hollywood. But when you really think about it, CIA's had ties to Hollywood since like, I think all the way back to the beginning, 
I believe. You know, I I believe whenever Hollywood was uh, up and coming, a lot of the funding, you know, I think there was always ties between government and Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood is the CIA. It, it's their propaganda machine. Um, you know, that's my opinion. To a degree, I believe it is. And uh, I don't. I don't think I ever got in to uh, talking about how much the CIA allegedly has impacted modern society. Um, there are people who, and I may have mentioned this uh, before, but there are people out there who believe that uh, we've been more or less under a one-world government since World War II. Um, uh, basically, uh, according to these people, everything political has been an elaborate stage play since World War II, and all the major superpowers have, a, have behind closed doors all get along, but they just keep up this uh, charade so that you can amass, you know, large amounts of wealth uh, to keep, you know, to the greedy people at the top and uh, to keep the rest of us peons, you know, at the bottom. And, you know, over time, uh, chip away at the middle class and, until, you know, there basically is no middle class. So that's not my beliefs. That's, you know, there are, I'm just saying there's uh, people out there who believe that. So, and I'm, I'm a person, I, you know, I, I, this podcast, you know, it may not turn out to, you know, be anything, but, you know, if it does get to the point where I'm able to bring guests in, I mean, there's going to be people that, you know, I'm going to bring people in probably from all walks of life. And, you know, some people don't like that, but I think that is one of the biggest problems in the United States today is the division and I do believe that the mainstream media is a major source of that division. So, yeah, that's, you know, I guess that's a political statement. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't have no, I, I think this year's election, like what we have to choose from, I, I mean, I think it's just, it's all garbage. Okay. I, uh, my political leanings are not left, they're not right, they are, I guess I would say, central or fence-sitter, but to be quite honest, if, if I'm being 100% honest, I'd have to say my political beliefs literally come down to a, a situational basis. I, I mean, I, I just, I cannot and will not ever commit to a side that, because I don't agree with everything, you know, I don't agree with everything that the right does, and I don't agree with everything that the left does, but they they all have decent ideas, and I think, you know, I guess I don't know, I don't look that much into it. All I do is, you know, watch these sound bites that the MSM puts out and think, God, that just seems so b bullshit. But. This isn't really a political podcast, so I'm going to try to steer away from that. You know, I'm just saying, hey, guys, this this is an election year. So, unfortunately, that stuff is going to come up from time to time because I do want to make this podcast kind of relevant to, you know, uh, actual events. 
but then just also, you know, just a little bit of mix of everything, really. Um, you know, until I can get an established studio and the uh, rest of the equipment I need to uh, bring in guests in person, um, I'm also going to do uh, interviews online. Uh, any, you know, and I'm looking to bring people in to interview. If anyone is interested, you can get a hold of me at at Gillian underscore seed 83 on Twitter. Um, just uh, tweet at me if you're interested. That is G-I-L-L-I-A-N underscore S-E-E-D 83. And that's on the Twitter. Uh, still uh, got to get me a uh, Gillian Seed 83 or Chill Gill Thrill email set up. Uh, I know I'm, I'm slacking on that. Um, but that should be up soon. That was a big O tangent. Anyway, wow, I got to wipe that. So anyway, this this thing that the JRE um, episode is almost three hours long. And um, if you go into the comments section, there are some people who have some timestamps to click on for the cool stuff. I didn't watch the whole podcast. There's a lot of times I don't. I just wanted to get to uh, some of the cool things that were mentioned, which was the recovered spacecraft. Um, got to hear Mike Baker's opinion on uh, the Pentagon statement that they made. Um, what was it? I mean, I guess towards the end of last month. And, uh, you know, he basically danced around the issues of everything. And he also, uh, Joe Rogan brought up remote viewing. And it, and it just seems like this episode seemed particularly scripted to me. I feel like they had all the talking points planned out that they wanted to hit. And I, and I know, I understand a lot of podcasts do that. And that's how they're able to, you know, keep the conversation flowing. And, and, and this isn't a critique on that. This is a... This isn't a critique. This is a how I feel now about the Joe Rogan experience is at some point, I feel like somebody from higher up, uh, government, whatever, I don't know, shadow agency, but I, I feel like there was some point in time in the last 10 years since he started his podcast where he was pulled off to the side and he's like, look, th this is, you got to make some changes. Because Joe used to be totally all in on all those conspiracy theories, you know, good friends with, um, Eddie Bravo, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, flat earther jujitsu master, I guess for lack of a better term, but, uh, it just, I don't know. It, it was really cool. They brought up the remote viewing and, uh, that's funny because, uh, earlier segment of this episode of the podcast, I was just talking about remote viewing that they, they mentioned in an article, you know, that article about the consciousness. So, uh, yeah, that, that, um, I guess this, uh, man, it's real that they're really cranking out on the alien information and I just would not be surprised. And they, and, and it's funny too, because they mentioned this in the podcast, they're talking about if, we're trying to avoid a potential world war and we do have information on recovered craft or maybe we've already actually been in communication with these aliens. Um, how would you go about changing the world from a world who doesn't know if we're alone to, okay, now we for, we for sure know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're not alone. 
And uh, I think it was Mike Baker who said, well, you would just steadily drip some information, you know, say this and all right, see you again in a few months. And I think that I think that's what they're working up to. I think they're working up on uh, disclosing a lot of information on on uh, aliens. And I think it's beyond that. I do think that potentially we're in contact with them. I'm hoping I'm hoping we're in contact with them and they're going to come down and they're going to be like, look, humanity, we got to make some changes and then we can we can get over all of our petty, self-centered, righteous bullshit that so many of us are consumed with, and uh, we can quit fighting maybe and get along. I know that sounds uh, kind of dystopian, dystopian. I you know, but I mean. If I had to choose between a bloody war where there's going to be, you know, millions of people killed in multiple continents versus uh, we got to follow some aliens rules and nobody dies, man, I don't know. That's it's kind of tough. I don't know. I guess I guess I'd have to wait until I met the alien and had a conversation with the guy, you know? I mean, he might be a nice fellow, you know. My thing is if they come down and say, you know, we get, we get this, uh, you know, we become kind of like in Star Trek where we're a part of a galactic federation now, you know, and we have our collective consciousness open to the greater universe. And, you know, maybe they're, they do, you know, kind of like a, remember back in school, you'd have foreign exchange students, or you would go over to another country and do a semester or two, like, Maybe they'll have something like that with the aliens. And, I mean, even though I'm well beyond school age, at least, you know, primary school age, uh, you're never too old to go to school is what I'm getting at with that. You know, there's college, never too old. Uh, for most people, anyway. I don't think I'm going. But um, I would like to go to their planet, you know. Maybe they're, you know, hey, we're going to take like 20 of you. We're going to go back to our planet. And we'll kind of, you know, you get to live there for three to six months and kind of see how we do things in, you know, Alpha Centaur X Proxima Zero, you know, I, I would go, I would probably go, especially if it's, you know, just a couple hour ride, it, you know, it might not take too long, it might, you know, three, four hours you're there, hey man, sign me up, I'll go, I'll go, uh, but no, on like, trying to get a little bit serious about it though, I'm kind of, I'm preparing myself and I feel like everybody should be preparing themselves for just some earth shattering information to be dropped within the next six to 12 months, you know, and whether it be everything is at face value, however they come out and say it, or if it's hopefully not a, a project blue beam thing and um, if anybody wants, just Google it. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm wrapping this up for the day, I, or at least for this episode. I might record later. I doubt it. But anyway, that that's all for today, guys. That's all I got. Um, yeah, you can catch me on the Twitter, uh, Gillian underscore seed 83. Um, but that, that, yeah, that's all I got for today. Hit me up on the Twitter. Uh, stay tuned for the... Uh, a Gmail account for for the show, and uh, stay safe out there. Uh, wear your masks if you gotta to uh, keep people from losing their minds. You know, just uh, 
go with go with the uh, try to go with the flow. Uh, say hi to a stranger today, or or um, do do what I do and socially distance. That's that, that's what I've been doing. I've been just fucking hammering down on the social distancing and just kind of keeping myself and uh, communicating with friends and family. You know, mostly through electronics electronic means when possible and uh trying to uh limit my contact with other humans and uh you know coincidentally i was already kind of doing that before the uh apocalypse set in so i'm used to it anyway you guys take care have a great night uh gill out